In Canada, also known as the Great White North, we live for our summers. If you live in a city like Toronto, the summers bring lots of outdoor events like street and music festivals, and people flock into our many green spaces for walks, picnics, and family gatherings. When it gets really hot, a lot of people head to our beaches along Lake Ontario to cool down. However, a lot of people like to get out of the city to go camping or head to the cottage. During the pandemic, cottage country became even more popular than it was. That was mainly because so many people started working remotely from home, and they figured, why should I live in the city when I can work in a beautiful rural setting far away from the hustle and bustle of a city? This trend led to a shortage of good cottages, and prices in these communities started rising faster than they did in the city. I'm Desmond Brown, and today on Sold in the Six, and if you haven't already bought a cottage, we're going to explore if you can still fulfill that dream. Michelle Kelly is the editor of Cottage Life magazine and has been seeing things in cottage country that she's never seen before. Michelle, welcome to Sold in the Six. Hi there, Desmond. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's so great that you could join us. So what's going on up there in cottage country? Yeah, what is going on up there? Good question. So uh, it's been a quite a time for the cottage market in the last two years. Mm-hmm. We've sort of gone from, you know, cottage, the cottage market has been growing year over year for quite some time with, you know, the sort of normal amounts of plateaus. And then 2020 happened and things just went bananas. And yeah. it seemed like everyone wanted to get up and get into cottage country. And, um, you know, it, the market, all sorts of Trends have sort of accelerated through the pandemic, which we've seen in, you know, all sorts of ways in our culture, in our world. And in cottage real estate, it it definitely was the sort of convergence of several different trends that have made things very um, hot, I guess is the word that I would use. Okay. So let's talk about a couple of those trends. Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess the, you know, a big thing that's happened, of course, is that people wanted to get out of the city at the beginning of the pandemic and, Mm -hmm. you know, travel as they used to, but they couldn't, they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't take that road trip across Canada or across the States or go to France or do whatever it is that they had planned for that summer. So of course, people were looking for things closer to home and cottages were kind of the perfect thing because, um, you know, remote work, remote school at that time, you were able to be in a place through the summer where you could, you know, spend a day at your desk and then head out and have a swim or have a swim at lunch. Um, And your kids would be, have more space to roam. They wouldn't be trapped in, you know, their city home in their small backyard. And so cottaging became very attractive for that reason. Um, Uh And I think that that sort of flooded a bunch of people into the market. And then, you know, other things too, like we've been talking for a few years at Cottage Life about a trend uh, that we've called skip the house by the cottage, which is people Mm -hmm. who are not able to afford a city home. So they uh, continue renting in the city and have purchased a cottage up north. And that allows them to start with their nest egg and invest their money somewhere in a market that's been stable for quite some time and allows them to, you know, partake in the cottage lifestyle. And for those people kind of, it's, it's great because that, that choice proved even better through the pandemic, not just as they were looking for a place to escape, but also because now even going forward as, as the pandemic hopefully tapers off, we're seeing that, you know, you, you can go up on a 
Thursday and come back on a Tuesday and work your one or two days in the office per week that you're required and, and actually be at the cottage for a long time. So that mm-hmm. that's a that's another sort of trend that was happening prior to the pandemic. And I would say the third thing is renting. Renting became, uh, renting yeah. cottages. Um, you know, I was saying to your producer yesterday that the 10, 15 years ago now, I was um, in charge of renting out my family cottage. And that meant calling the Globe and Mail and putting a classified ad in and, you know, getting phone calls and monitoring all that. Now it means going to a Verbo, say, and putting up your beautiful pictures of your cottage and then just watch the, the requests roll in because they wow. do all of yeah. the marketing for you. So because a lot of more people, you're able to rent out your cottage, a lot of people are able to actually afford a cottage because they're using mm-hmm. that rental income in order to, to you know, pay the mortgage, pay the taxes and all that stuff. So that has further opened up the market for a lot of other buyers. So the net result of this is simply that there are not that many listings. So people, um, you know, they'll often come to me, where do I find a deal? And I say, well, you find a deal with whichever cottage you find, really, because there's so <laughs> few listings. So it's been really, um, a time uh, in the market that it's been difficult to predict, I would say. Oh, it has. Yeah. And uh, very much like we've seen here in the city of Toronto for, for housing, but the the prices in cottage country, and we'll get into some of the uh, the individual communities as well with you, but they've gone through the roof as well. Well, yeah. In Sorry, in cottage country. Yes. Yes. So, Yes. And that, I mean, is, again, I'm no um, expert in economics, that's for sure. But what I can say is that with fewer listings, the ones that do become available, there's more more buyers. So it's a purely supply and demand issue and prices have gone up and up. I would say people are sort of, we've done some stories on cottagelife.com about which areas in in Ontario cottage country have uh, grown the most in terms of um, real estate sales and prices. And oftentimes those, those uh, numbers are based on very few sales. So, you know, if there's two cottages for sale in a six month period and they're bought, they're for sure they're going to be bought. You know, you can say prices have gone up 50% on two cottages, which is, you know, slightly skewed sample, but I think it's fair to say that, for sure, there's more buyers than there are sellers, and that's just driving up the prices. That's that is economics, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, exactly, and you know, even I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more an expert than me, that's for sure. Yeah. So, somebody, you know, somebody here in Toronto is thinking of buying a cottage. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be, you've got to be patient, you know, oh, yeah. before you can get one for sure, because you talked about here the there are no listings. There's a real shortage of it. Um, have you heard of how long it takes somebody that's really serious about buying something? Well, yeah, it's funny. I, I have a, a, an acquaintance of mine who I've you know run into here and there over the last two or three years. And every time, we still can't find one. We still can't find one. They've been desperately searching for a cottage. Wow. And I, that's obviously anecdotal. anecdotal but um, I think that I don't have any hard, hard numbers on how long it takes. But I will say that my advice to people who are continuing to look is, you know, just be patient and don't buy the cottage that you, you know, you that comes up essentially. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that means for a lot of people as well, like you have in your head, and I think this is a mistake that everyone makes, um, you know, when they're looking for any sort of real estate is they have this idea in their head of exactly what they want. 
And that place doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in yeah. Toronto. It doesn't exist in uh, Ottawa. It doesn't exist in cottage country. It doesn't ever exist in 2020 or in 2010 or whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be flexible in terms of what you're looking for in the area in 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 which you want to find a place. You know, everyone thinks, oh, Muskoka, that's where I'm going to go. And Muskoka is beautiful, but there's many yeah. other places to buy a cottage than Muskoka. So, you know, you have to, you have to not just be patient, but be flexible, be flexible. Okay, so um, you've you've covered the different areas and where people can buy cottages. Somebody who is looking for their first cottage, what what are where are some great communities for them to start out with? And I mean, everybody wants to have waterfront, and so not everybody, but a lot of people want to have waterfront. But where where would be good starter places for people? Well, I mean, again, it really depends on what you're after. I think, you know, when you think of a cottage, I think most people, yes, want waterfront. I I think that's unquestionably true. I think people here in Toronto, especially have the idea of, you know, that Canadian shield, rock and pine gorgeousness, and and who wouldn't love that? It's beautiful. Uh, But that's not the only thing, you know, there's a lot of other communities uh, in Ontario cottage country that are not that, but are also great. You know, my family has been going to the Lake Huron, uh, Kincardine area for a very long time. Ah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous area beautiful beach, incredible sunsets, an amazing community feel there. Wonderful. We have young children. They play baseball. They ride their bikes to the candy stores, Mm -hmm. like out of a, you know, kind of a 1950s idyllic kind of life. And, you know, that, that can be awesome too. And I think people, you know, don't, don't let the idea of what you think a cottage is, you know, blind you to what it actually is um, and what it actually yeah. can be, which is really just a place for your family to get together, enjoy nature, enjoy your friends, um, you know, s- swim at sunset, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's not that's not always rock and pine. I think the other place I always say to people, especially in Toronto, is go east, you know, go east. Don't just go north mm-hmm. or northwest or Georgia Bay. Go to Land O'Lakes. Go to Hastings County. Uh, go even yeah. as far as the Rideau now, which is, you know, kind of between Ottawa and Kingston and is definitely further for us in Toronto, but is also more um, – more realistic given that we are not necessarily traveling during peak travel times anymore, like peak traffic times because of remote work. So, and you can be at the cottage longer. So, you know, there's lots to explore East and that's typically where you get more value for your money as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Now I'm so glad you mentioned the Lake Huron area. Okay. Because my cottage or our cottage just happens to be in Southampton. Oh, Southampton. Which is not far from Kincardine. Yeah. Southampton is you know, gorgeous. I have been there before and sat on the beach at night and there's a whole ring of campfires that go all the way up and down the beach. It's magic. It's a beautiful area. Very lucky. Yeah, no, we love it there. And our cottage is not on the water. We're just uh, a short lane way away from the cottage. Mm -hmm. I think I counted at one time of uh, being 250 steps from oh. to, to the water to the beach from my so it's hardly cottage. hardly it's yeah. hardly not not on the water <laughs> yeah exactly yeah there's a whole row of houses in front of our cottage that are on the water but as you mentioned um a great way to get in and this is what we did we bought it about 10 years ago and we couldn't afford it i mean every bit of real estate that we bought we've never been able to afford and we've always had rental income to help out so what we did was we rented out um, there are cottage on for the times that we weren't going to be up there and we blocked off, let's say about three weeks of every summer, mm-hmm. uh, for us to take it. And that was it. 
And then a few years later, when things got better for us uh, with our jobs, with Alice's job and my job, um, there was no need to do that. But it got us into the market, mm-hmm. and we have we still have our beautiful cottage up there. Um, along that area there, I've got friends, um, or I have friends who are up in um, Sabo Beach. Mm, beautiful. Again, small little small little cottages, um, not on the water, but very affordable. And um, you just walk down to the beach, and like you mentioned, those sunsets. The sunsets on Lake Huron are some of the nicest in the world. Like I've I've, I've seen the sunsets in the Grill, Jamaica, mm-hmm. and uh, the Lake Huron sunsets are just breathtaking. Mm-hmm. No, they're like I call them three sixty sunsets. Like they're behind you as well as ahead of you. They're just they light up the entire sky. So Michelle's inspired you to get out there and buy a cottage. So what's the first thing you should do? Well, I suggest that you get pre-qualified with my friend at Dominion Lending, Jason Georgopoulos. Jason can be reached at jasong at dominionlending.ca and he'll get you the best rates and terms available. Speaking about buying a cottage and renting it out and then mm-hmm. just taking the months that or the the time that you need for your family um, whenever you can um, there seems to be a little bit of a trend of people buying cottages just strictly for investment properties though and not even mm-hmm. going in mm-hmm. yeah that is definitely happening um, I this is it's quite a contentious thing amongst cottagers because I know people who you know maybe they've owned their cottage for generations or maybe they've owned their cottage you know, recently, but they're there all the time. And then next door, someone buys it and rents it out. And there's a new group of 20 people there every weekend, you know, partying or we hear this a lot. Yeah. My opinion is that that's actually not the majority of renters at all by any stretch. It's a small minority, but they are very noisy, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And they have caused some problems. And so a lot of municipalities across uh, Ontario are starting to look at ways to limit that kind of that kind of use. Now, that's not to say that you can't do this: buy a cottage as an investment and um, rent it out and never use it. That's very common. It's very common for people to do that, as you just mentioned, who can't afford the cottage. They buy it, they rent it out, and then they tend to keep it. Um, you know, maybe in 10 or 15 years, they start to use it more often. So they sort of have it as an investment up front, but then Mm -hmm. they, down the road, they use it more for their own use. Um, I think that's, you know, it's definitely happening. It, I think it is, my opinion is, I, I hope that people who are buying cottages in that way are realizing that it's not the same as like putting your money in the stock market. You, you have to, um, certainly adhere to sort of lakeside etiquette and you have to be aware mm-hmm, yeah. um, of all that stuff because the truth is you don't want to upset your neighbors <laughs> because they can make it really difficult for you. Um, so you just got to be smart when you do that and realize that the onus is on you to, to have responsible renters as a, as a cottage owner who's doing that. Um, and to be sure that if you are doing that, if you are interested in buying a place purely to rent out, you're very careful and you check with the municipality around some restrictions that may exist a lot very common thing, for example, is to make sure that you um, you have renters that are in there for longer, for a week or longer. That's a very common mm-hmm. thing now, and, and I think we'll be gaining more attraction this summer. Um, and you know, there are also municipalities investigating taxes on short-term rentals too. Uh, so I think you just you just need to check and make sure if that's something that you want to do. And if you do do it, please, uh, on behalf of everyone on the lake, just make sure you're telling your 
renters that if they stand at the dock on the dock at 11 p.m. at night and in yeah. a whisper, it can be heard many months <laughs> right across the lake because it carries across the water. So yeah. stuff like that, you know, um, to explain to your renters yeah. what a septic system is and how if you have a lot of people using it, it can be really bad for everyone. So, uh, you know, just uh, and what you put down that toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that way too much to be uh, proper. But yes, it is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, my family's from Jamaica. Uh, they came to Canada back in the late 1940s. Um, where I grew up in Toronto, we didn't even think about cottaging. Um, are you starting to see now more of a, a trend towards cottage country of immigrants? Because mm -hmm. I know in most of the places I go to, um, I don't see many people that look like me. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good question. A few years ago in the magazine, we did a story um, by a Toronto journalist and podcaster, Elami Naptul Mahmood, and he's wonderful. Uh, mm. He has a new book out, actually, um, all about the experience of coming and uh, uh, being an immigrant in Canada. But um, he wrote a story about why is cottaging so white. That's what it was called. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was interesting because we actually did that story um, – Oh God, it would have been 2018, 2019. So quite some time ago now. And um, this is a question that we we didn't get asked very much back then, but of course it's being asked all the time now, and, which is great. And, you know, he investigated this and found that while um, there is some change um, in terms of people of color getting into cottage country, it, it has been a slow change. It has been something um, that has taken a lot of time that, um, you know, there's scholars who are studying this, academics, you know, why is it that, you know, people of color don't feel like it's the lifestyle for them? And um, I don't have the answers, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, I know at Cottage Life, we're always um, looking to have more representation in, in our content. Uh, and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to find people um, who don't look like me, you know, I'm a white woman, yeah. um, who have, you know, have a cottage story. Um, and so if you know anyone, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be asking more of you here, Desmond, but yeah. if, you know, I, we're always keen to hear that because I think, um, there is absolutely no reason why that shouldn't be the case. And I think, uh, it's funny, you know, the government of Canada, I know has all sorts of initiatives trying to get people, um, immigrants to Canada, recent immigrants to Canada, you know, out in a canoe in Algonquin park, like yeah. using, enjoying our wilderness. It's the best thing about Canada that we have all this wilderness and trying to get everyone involved in it. And, you know, I, I think those are important initiatives and I think really it's just a matter of exposure and understanding and, you know, just getting in there. And I think the more that we can make that happen, the better. Um, and because it's, again, the best thing about Canada, I think, is our wilderness. So getting people involved in it, all Canadians, is really important. Yeah, it really is. I, I often joke about my younger brother, who I call the the only black hoser that I know. <laughs> and he, just, <laughs> he's, he, he lives down in the Lake Erie uh, area right now, mm -hmm. and he has a couple of boats. He loves fishing. Mm -hmm. In the winter, he had a snowmobile. He, he's, he's out on the ice ice fishing in the I winter he just he just loves it right and i just like where did he get that from man like come on we didn't <laughs> learn anything we didn't learn that when we were growing up growing up in a jamaican household yeah no well i've heard this very thing before okay so let me ask you Desmond, why do you think it is that there are so few people of color or, or uh and or recent immigrants coming to cottage country i don't know if it's um because first of all you know they they'll they'll move into the city and they love the urban part of living in Canada. If they do travel, um, 
they'll head out to places like the Rockies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I find that a lot more um, new Canadians will will travel, or the people that I know anyway, will travel across the country to to explore the Rockies than a lot of um, you know long time um, you know second third generation Canadians will. They'll head out to the East Coast to check out. Um, you know, Newfoundland mm-hmm. and uh, the Maritime Provinces. Um, so maybe it's just like, I know for me, like, I like my cottage because I'm not in a tent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And it has running water and a toilet that flushes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like about it. I've camped, I've camped across the country um, and it's not my first choice. Mm. So I don't know what it is. I mean, I just go by you know, my own experiences that, you know, I like the comfort of, um, of my own bed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I get you. Uh, I get yeah. you. Yeah. So, well, I, I think too, I wonder, sure, yeah. I sometimes wonder too, you know, in, in, is, you know, sort of back to pure real estate talk is that, um, I, I think there is the idea out there that cottages are very elite, very expensive. You have to be mm-hmm. super rich to own a cottage. Now I'm not saying that the people who own cottages aren't privileged, of course, that is true. Where to own a cottage is a privilege and a, and a really, you know, one that's hard. And, you know, having worked at Cottage Life for t- more than 20 years, I've met so many people who, you know, their goal was to people, you know, um, who aren't necessarily considered super rich, I would say, by anyone yeah. who have worked really hard and who have gone towards this dream of cottage ownership and they've bought it and it is their very favorite thing and they pour their heart and soul into it and they love it. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's, I think sometimes, um, you know, people, I think sometimes people mistakenly believe that, uh, recent immigrants may not have the money to, to afford a cottage. And I just don't think that's always true. Again, not an economic expert. I think it's, I think there is something else going on that it's, it's somehow they're not, uh, included in the lifestyle. So that's the part that I think we, we need to work on because it's, you know, again, it's the wilderness It's for all Canadians. So, yeah, you know what I think? When I think back to what I uh, just said about my brother, mm-hmm. you know, he was lucky enough to have a really good friend. Like we grew up in the Coxville, Girard area mm-hmm. of Toronto. And he had a really good friend whose parents would go out to um, Civil Point mm-hmm. uh, camping. Mm-hmm. So he was introduced to the outdoors at a very young age with, uh, well, through, his, through his friend's parents. And they would go camping quite a bit. And then he just ended up loving that lifestyle. So I guess you could probably say if you were introduced to a cottage lifestyle at a young age like that, it doesn't matter what color you are or mm. what ethnicity you are. Once you're introduced to it, it is pretty nice. A hundred percent. Exposure. Yeah. It's like that matters. Mm-hmm. Representation. It matters. All of that stuff. You know, I, I think that's exactly, exactly true. Uh, you know, and Elamine, again, he talks about this in our, in his piece a lot and, and it's, it's on cottagelife.com. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really a fantastic, uh, sort of deep dive into a complicated subject, but, uh, but yeah, I think you're exactly right about your brother. I, I kind of would like to meet him and go snowmobiling with him. Sounds like a fun guy. <laughs> oh, he, he loves fishing. At least, at least he can expose my boys to fishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what do you see happening in, in cottage country and now that, you know, interest rates are going up and we're just about ready to wrap up here, Michelle, but interest rates are going up. Uh, do you see it leveling off a little bit that we're going to have more opportunities for people to actually get out there and purchase now? 
Yeah, I don't know. Again, your producer asked me this question yesterday, and I thought, oh, I wish I had a crystal ball now because this is a tough yeah. one. Uh, I I think it depends on a lot of things, right? How how willing are we to accept that you know the pandemic is well and truly behind us? I, no one. I think we're mm-hmm. all still kind of crossing our yeah. fingers and toes, hoping that, you know, the, yeah, we have our masks in our back pocket. That's right. Just in that's case. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that's going to be ultimately a huge thing because if people are, you know, thinking about traveling abroad again or taking summer road trips somewhere outside of Canada, then that obviously impacts their desire to have a cottage. It might even make people, I mean, I think the big question is all those people who came into the market, are they going to leave? Are they going to sell their cottages? Because they can now go abroad and take and, Mm -hmm. you know, have those kinds of new experiences. They don't, they won't be there all the time. They're returning to the office. Their children are returning to school. So they won't be able to spend as much time there. It doesn't make as much sense. So, I mean, in that sense, anything could certainly happen there. As far as interest rates go, I mean, again, I'm certainly not an an economist. I, I would think that um, it would maybe temper some of the some of the rush to cottage country to, to buying like to making that kind of an investment a big investment a cottage is a huge investment obviously I think that interest rates could impact that but again I who knows like there are, it, who knows who knows there's lots could happen <laughs> let's put it that way okay yeah and I guess uh, cottage country will start to see what we're seeing here in the city of Toronto at least for this summer where things are leveling off a little bit. Uh, they may pick up again in September, October, but um, there, there could be an opportunity for someone out there who's looking for a cottage. And if you don't want to buy or you're not sure of buying, like you said, go and rent. Check it yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. It. It's like, it's easy to do. And, you know, you go for a week. And if you don't like it, you never have to do it again, but you will yeah. almost certainly like it because it's wonderful. Yeah. It is. It really is. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us here on Soul in the Six, and I'd love to have you back again. Anytime, Desmond. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. And that's Michelle Kelly, the editor of Cottage Life magazine. And that's our latest episode of Sold in the Six. Now, I know we didn't touch on the actual prices to buy a cottage or to rent a cottage, but if you are interested in getting into that market, either buying or renting, feel free to get in touch with me and I'll connect you to one of the many contacts I have all across Ontario. And you can do that by emailing me at des at desmondbrown.ca. Also, if you like this episode, please feel free to send it to a friend and subscribe to it and you'll get them automatically. I'd like to thank my producers, Story Studio Network. And if you need to follow me on the social media platforms, my handle is des in the six and I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I also have a website and it's called in the six real estate.com. And you know, the six is spelled with the number six. IX. Yeah. Yeah. We, we understand. It's cool. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, I'm Desmond Brown. Desmond Brown.